We're going to begin a brand new series this morning entitled Christmas Lights. And let me just reiterate what Nick said to you today. Uh, starting tonight at 6 p.m., from 6 to 9 p.m. every night until New Year's Eve, uh, we have, if you've noticed, the lawn out here in front of the pond, uh, we have created what is going to be a Liberty Light Show. And it's really simple. It's a, a drive-in Christmas show where you literally drive in, park your car, tune your radio to 99.7, and you're going to see an amazing lights, song, music, celebration of the heart of Christmas. And the theme is really simple. We want to take people on a journey from Christmas now, uh, which starts out with Santa Claus and the Grinch and all the things that we associate in our culture today that describes Christmas to Christmas then, which is the heart of Christmas, which is the birth of Jesus Christ. And it's going to be a fun experience for your entire family. And I hope, I hope that it becomes kind of a part of your Christmas tradition of gathering the kids together, getting in the car, coming up here for a 20-minute light show that I hopefully will just be an awesome opportunity for your family to gather together. So if you come tonight and you enjoy it, let me challenge you to do something. I want to challenge you to tell your friends, invite your friends, and I want to encourage you also uh, to like and share our information on social media so other people know what is happening. And let me just tell you real quick the heart behind the Lights of Liberty, the little light show, is really simply this. We just wanted to create a simple draw, something that would just draw people to the light of Christ, something that would sow the seeds of the gospel in the hearts and lives of people, and something that would remind people of what Christmas is really all about. Amen? And so we believe we're going to be able to do that through a very simple presentation that I think is going to really stir the hearts of people and just be something exciting and fun for our families to do together. Well, this morning, if you've got your Bibles or if you're following along on the screen, John chapter 1, uh, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. And the Bible says this, In the beginning, the Word, speaking of Jesus, Jesus is the Word. In the beginning, the Word already existed, and the Word was God, and the Word, the word was with God, and the Word was God. And he existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Now look at verse 4. And the word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. And his life brought light to everyone. Now I love verse 5. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Can I get an amen from somebody today? Let's look in Luke chapter 1 because in Luke chapter 1 I want us to read what is literally a prophecy that's being spoken over John the Baptist. John the Baptist has just been born. Zachariah, his father who has been silent through the entire birth uh, or the entire uh, pregnancy of his son, John the Baptist, and because he did not believe the angel, if you remember that story. Well, Zechariah prophesies over John the Baptist, and in the midst of this prophecy, he makes a declaration about Jesus. Look what he says. He says, And you, my little son, speaking of John the Baptist, will be called the prophet of the Most High, because you will prepare the way for the Lord. And you will tell his people how to find salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. How to find salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Jesse, this morning at 8 o'clock service, during our worship service, he made a really simple statement I thought was worthy to repeat. He said, how many of you know God is good? Anybody know God is good? Yeah. And how many of you know you're not? <laughs> and the fact that we're not is the reason we need a Savior, right? He will save his people because he's going to forgive us of 
our sins. Look at verse 78, and it says, Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven, that's Jesus, is about to break upon us. And look what verse 79 says. He's going to give light to those who sit in darkness, give light to those in the shadow of death, and guide us to the path of peace. Look at that first point on your outline if you're a note taker this morning. Jesus is the light of the world and the light of Christmas. His presence is the greatest present we can ever receive. And His life brought light to everyone. And the light of Christ changes everything. His presence is the greatest present we can ever receive. Let me just encourage you, if you've not tuned in to our Holly Pond campus, every Sunday night at 6 p.m. we do a premiere event where we live stream our Sunday morning service from Holly Pond. And last Sunday, Pastor Ian did an entire message on how the presence of God is the present that we receive through Christ and how powerful that presence is. Because how many of you recognize this morning, it's not what's under the tree, it's what's in your heart that makes your life worth living. And you can have everything and still have nothing. If you don't have the presence of God in your life, it is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit through the gift of God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, that literally does change our hearts and our lives. And we live in a world where people can have everything and still struggle because they have nothing on the inside. And we know that as Christians, you can have nothing out here and still have everything in here, and there is a joy in Jesus. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful for the blessings of life. I'm thankful for the stuff and the things and the people that God has brought in my life. But the realization is simply this. The greatest gift we can ever receive is not the things we unwrap under a tree. It's the presence of God in our hearts that changes our lives. Amen. And it's the light of Christ that changes everything. I love that verse 5 that says, The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. I was just thinking and praying this morning uh, for our service today, and I was thinking about how that Christmas in America, especially in America, around the world, but specifically in America, has become so commercialized, and we've marketed the whole idea, right? And we've, we've moved so far away from what Christmas is really all about. But as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about, isn't it still amazing that in the midst of a commercialized, market-driven idea that has captivated the hearts of so many people when it all revolves around lights and trees and gifts and giving, isn't it amazing that in the midst of all that, there's something special about this season? That there is a generosity and there is a compassion and there is a love that rises in the hearts of people this time of year that you won't find the rest of the year. There is something that stirs in the hearts of people during this season of the year that causes them to celebrate generosity, to celebrate the fact that we're thinking and caring about other people. It causes people who continually work way too much to actually dial back and stop and take a little time for their family. And do you know what that is? That is the light of Christ that shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And just in case you didn't know, December 25th is not actually Jesus' birthday. Spoiler alert, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm thankful that in our world there is still a pause that happens. Even though it's been commercialized. 
even though it's been marketed beyond belief, I'm thankful there is a holy pause that comes over our nation where people begin to celebrate the things that Christ represents, and that is the love and the grace and the generosity of a good God who cares about people. Amen? I'm thankful for him. So let's look with me, if you would, in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25, the Bible says this. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to publicly, did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. And as he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the message, the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Over the next three weeks, we're going to dive into the reality of what happened in our world. The reality that the light of Christ through God coming to earth, God being with us, Emmanuel. How that his birth literally changed our world. And we're going to talk about how the light of Christ brings into sight some things that were otherwise hidden. Think about this. When you turn on the light in your house, it doesn't create things. It just allows you to see the things that were already there. I don't know if you've ever walked through your house in the dark and stubbed your toe. I did it actually this week. I found out we have an island in our kitchen. <laughs> and I have a black toe to show for it. And the realization is simply this. The island was there the whole time. I just couldn't see it because I was walking in the dark. And when you turn on the light, the light just helps you to see what was already there. And over the next three weeks, we're going to let the birth of Christ and the life of Christ and the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ because you can't separate those things. He is Jesus the Messiah. And we're going to let Christ become the lens through which we begin to see the world. He's going to begin to light up our world and illuminate our darkness. And we're going to see three specific things. Today we're going to talk about how that the birth of Christ brings the light of love. How that we can see the love of God that was there from the very beginning. And we can experience that love. Next Sunday is going to be a special Sunday. It's kind of going to be our Christmas Sunday, the Sunday before Christmas. And we're going to talk about how that through Christ we see the light of hope. That there is hope in a world consumed by darkness. And our kids next Sunday is going to be pretty awesome. Our kids are going to do a little Christmas parade for us. We're going to have a special candlelight section during our service as we celebrate the light of hope that we have in Jesus and then December 26 the day after Christmas don't sleep in because we're gonna wrap up this series and we're gonna talk about the light of life 
that Christ brings. And we're going to talk about how that through Jesus, he gives life, not just to a season, but to every day. And we're going to talk about how the light of life that comes through Christ is going to position us to step into a brand new year with what God has intended for us to have. So how many of you are ready for a journey? Y'all ready to do this with me today? So let's talk about the light of his love. Look at that next point. Without Jesus, his birth, life, death, and resurrection, we are lost in the dark. But praise God, we are not lost. We are loved. We're not lost. We're loved. We're loved because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Without Jesus, we're lost in the dark. When I was a kid, about 10 years old, I was hunting with my dad and uh, we were in an area that he had not been many times and, and the day had stretched on and we had been walking and walking and walking trying to get back to where we had got in and, and I remember I was so exhausted. He was toting my gun. I was dragging behind him just trying to get out of there and it was starting to get a little dusky dark and I remember asking my dad, I said, Daddy, are we lost? And he said, Son, we're not lost till it gets dark <laughs> and praise God we found the road and we found the truck and we made our way out and we weren't lost let me tell you something today you may feel like you're lost in the darkness but you're not lost because you're loved you're not lost today because you're loved by a holy God who sent his son to take your place on a cross so you could have life amen so you could know what it means to be loved by God. Amen. Look at that next point with me this morning. The birth of Jesus was the birth of the light of love. His birth brought light to the love of God so that the whole world could see that God is Love So the whole world could see that God is love. John chapter 1 verse 14 in the King James Version says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. But I love what the NLT says. It's on the screen for us this morning. The NLT, look what it says. It says that God... <laughs> The Word became human and made His home among us, and He was full of unfailing, and I put in parentheses, unending, unconditional love. He was full of love. Jesus was the physical manifestation of the love of God, and the birth of Jesus was through Christ. God was bringing to light the love of God. The world had been confused. The world, got, the world thought God was angry and upset, that God was judgmental and that God was cruel. The world had a distorted image of a holy God who loved them, and Jesus came to bring light to the love of God so that we could see his love. Now, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie or read the book, The Shack. Any Shack fans in the house? Well, I would encourage you to do so. This past week, Kelly and I were kind of looking for something to watch. Papa was over at the house. And typically right now, we're on this Hallmark Christmas movie marathon. So I like, I don't even have control of the remote. <laughs> So in the midst, praise God, Papa kind of saved me a little bit. So we said, why don't we find something else? Kelly says, oh, here's the shack. Why don't we watch the shack? And I forgot how sad it was. 
If you remember the story, the Shaq Mac, who's the kind of the center of the story, has a young daughter who ends up being kidnapped and murdered. And his life and his family went on a downward spiral path, as you could only imagine. And the whole story revolves around how God wants to heal the hearts of broken, hurting people. And as we were watching the movie the other night, I, I, I forgot about my favorite scene in the movie and in the book. I, I didn't read the book, by the way. I, I did watch the movie, praise God. Book's always better, everybody tells me. But if they make a movie, why read the book? I'm sorry, you shouldn't even say that. That's horrible. I actually read a lot of books. The books I read, they don't make movies out of them, though. So that's, <laughs> they wouldn't make good movies. So he's in this cave. Y'all remember that? He's in the cave. And Mac has spent the last years of his life being angry with the world. And literally, he had set himself up as a judge. He had judged the world. He had judged God. He had judged the person that had taken his child. He had judged everyone and everything. And in this little experience, in this cave moment with God, he gets the opportunity to sit on the throne of judgment and be the judge. And the angel that was there with him says, it's your opportunity, take the seat. You get to judge the world. And you even get to judge God. And as he sits on the throne of judgment, all of a sudden these flashes begin to come in front of him. And, and the angel says, should he be judged? Yes, he should. He's a child molester. Should he be judged? Yes, he should. He's an abuser. Should he be judged? Yes, he should because of what he did to his family. And after a few elements of those images, Max's two children that were still alive, a son and a daughter, appeared before him. And the angel said, now you must judge and decide which one of your children goes to heaven and which one of your children goes to hell. Because they've both sinned. They both have lied. They both have deceived you. They both, in their own ways, have turned their backs on you and you are the judge so now you must decide you get to choose who goes to heaven who goes to hell and Max says I refuse and the angel says justice demands a verdict my favorite part of the whole movie Mac falls on his knees and says judge me Punish me. I'll take their place so that none of my kids have to go to hell. And in that moment, we get a beautiful picture of what Christmas is all about. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to take your place. So that none of his kids would have to go to hell. So that no one would have to be declared guilty. But we could all be declared innocent and not guilty. Not because we deserved a not guilty verdict. But because he bore the wrath, the punishment, and the judgment of God upon himself. And on that very first Christmas morning, the light of God's love burst in to our world and Jesus said judge me punish me take me I will bear 
their sin. And he did. And today the light of love shines into our world. Because Jesus bore the judgment that we deserve. Look at that next point. I want you to see something significant today. The light of God's love exposes the lies of the enemy. Stumbling stones that cause us to get stuck in the pain of our past. Lies that blame God for the pain or else blame God for not stopping the pain. Lies that keep us in the dark running from the light of his love. The light of love exposes the lies of the enemy, which are stumbling blocks that keep us stuck in the pain of the past. I want to ask you a question today. Are you stuck? Are you stuck in the pain of yesterday? Are you bound today by the hurt that happened in your past that has crippled you and imprisoned you and kept you from moving forward into the future and the hope that God has for you. The lie of the enemy, I believe one of the biggest lies is simply this. God is to blame. And he doesn't need a lot of help. If you notice that when bad things happen, we are pretty quick to say, God, why are you doing this to me? See, like Mac, here's the problem. The problem is that like Mac in the movie The Shack, we have all set ourselves up to be judges. And what I mean by that is simply this. We all love the opportunity to make our own choices and our own decisions. But when other people make choices and decisions that we don't agree with, we want to judge them. Or better yet, we want God to. Well, God, why didn't you stop them? Well, God, why didn't you intervene? Max's question is, how can God love me and allow my daughter to be kidnapped and murdered by the hands of a vicious, cruel person. And the answer is really simple. Mac learned it in the cave. Jesus bore our judgment. Jesus bore the judgment and penalty of our sins so that every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every person on planet earth could have the liberty and the freedom to choose you this day whom you will serve. And the moment that you can relinquish the choices of other people is the moment that you say, I am no longer willing and free to make my own choices. And all of a sudden we recognize something. We recognize that the love of God, the light of his love, exposes those lies. God or not, God is not the source of my pain. He is the healer of my heart. <laughs> God is not to blame because of the choices and decisions other people made. God is there to redeem my heart from destruction. Because the same God that offers you forgiveness, grace, and healing and deliverance is the same God that offers forgiveness, grace, healing, and deliverance to the person that hurts you. And either it is available to everybody or it's available to nobody. That's the only choice. Either God offers forgiveness, deliverance, and healing and hope to whosoever will. Or else God offers it to no one. 
But the truth and the hope and the light of the love of Christ is that Jesus stepped into our darkness to declare without a shadow of a doubt that God loves you. And he loves you so much that he bore the penalty of your sin and he gave you a choice to receive or reject that love. And it frees us to live a life like Jesus lived. Let me give you a couple more scriptures this morning. John chapter 3, we know verse 16. Look at verse 17. It says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Look at verse 19. And this is condemnation. That the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. We're condemned, not because God doesn't love us. We're condemned, I want you to hear me today, because when you believe a lie, when you believe a lie of the enemy, you embrace things that you were intended to release, and you resist things that you were intended to embrace. When you believe a lie of the enemy, think about it. The lie of bitterness and resentment and frustration and unforgiveness in your heart toward other people. When you hold on to the bitterness and resentment and the anger and the frustration and the unforgiveness in your heart toward other people, you've bought the lie of the enemy. You've set yourself up as a judge. And if you're the judge, I'm just going to tell you, you're in trouble. Because there is a judge. And his name is Jesus. And the realization is simply this. When you believe the lie of the enemy, you hold on to those things. And you resist the love of God. You push away from forgiveness. You push away from grace. Because you want to execute justice and judgment on those who have hurt and those who have wounded and those who have afflicted your life. And it never works. It doesn't liberate you to get judgment on your enemies. It actually imprisons you deeper in your pain. Let's look at the next verse. I want you to see this. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But look at verse 21. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. When you embrace truth, guess what happens? You come to light. When you embrace truth, you come to the light of God's love that liberates your heart from the bitterness and the resentment and the callousness and the judgment that you have lived with for so long. And we've all heard the old saying, we've said it here a million times, if you have bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness in your heart toward another person, it's like drinking poison and wishing they would die, but they don't die, you do. But when you embrace the truth, you come to the light of God's love and it liberates your soul to no longer be the judge but to be the recipient recipient of the grace of God and the love of God that changes everything. Let's be honest, you, where, you are where you are today not because you got what you deserved. 
You are where you are today because of the love and the grace of a holy God. And let's just be honest. And the love and the grace of other people who made a way for you that should have never been made. Because you didn't deserve it, but they gave it to you anyway. That's the light of God's love. That's the transformational power of what Jesus can do. Look at that next point. The light of love invites us to come out of the pain of yesterday and walk in the love of God. The love of God frees us. I want you to see this. It frees us from the fear of judgment and it frees us from judging other people. 1 John 4, 7 through 21 says, As we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face Him. We can face God with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. What does it mean to live like Jesus? It means to live in the light of His love. We live like Jesus. And because we live like Jesus, we have been redeemed. We have been rescued. We don't have to fear judgment. We can come boldly before the throne of God and find mercy and grace to help us in time of need because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. The love of God does not liberate us to continue in sin. The love of God calls us up out of a lifestyle of sin and allows us to see the things that we were stumbling over. And embrace the things that we needed most. And that is the love of God. The greatest revelation we can ever get in our hearts is to know His love. Paul prayed. He said, I pray that you may know the width, the length, the depth, and the height of the love of God. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The key to being filled with the fullness of God is to know the love of God that transcends anything we've ever experienced in our lives. His love invites us to come out of that pain. And start walking in that love. Look at verse 18. He says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. Right? We don't love each other because we deserve love. We love each other because we've been loved unconditionally. Because he first loved us, we can love each other. I can share what I have received because I am a recipient of his love. I can now be a dispenser of the love of God. And let me just tell you today, one of the most liberating things you can do in your life is decide in advance that you're going to love people. <laughs> See, if you wait to decide whether you're going to love people based on how they treat you, you're going to live a roller coaster life bound by the decision and choices of other people. But if you decide in advance, I'm going to love people because God loved me, you're free. You're free. It's no longer a question of what they do or what they don't do, whether they love me or don't love me, whether they respond positively or whether they respond negatively. It doesn't change the reality of how I am going to treat them. Now, let me just tell you something about relationships and love. Relationships are conditional. Love is unconditional. What do I mean by that? I simply mean this. 
Walking in love doesn't mean I've got to be in a relationship with everybody. Let's just be honest. You probably can't work with everybody. And you're really probably glad you're not married to everybody. Have you ever looked at somebody and said, Whoo, you know, thank the Lord for my wife. I know y'all are not that holy. Come on, somebody. Y'all have had those conversations. I don't know if I could be married to him. I don't know if I could be married to her. Praise God you're married to the person you're married to. And if you're not married yet, praise God one day you will be if you want to be. Amen. And when you get married, you better just zoom in on the person you're with and say, hey, you know what? We're in this for better or worse, rich or poor. I mean sickness or health. We're in this for the long haul. Because I'm not going to love people based on how they treat me. I'm going to love people based on how God treats me. And he's good. (laughs) And so relationships are conditional. I don't have to be best friends with everybody. I don't have to be in relationships with everybody. I don't have to work with everybody. I don't even have to do ministry with everybody. But I do have to love people. Come on, somebody. And I can love you from a distance. (laughs) Or I can love you up close. But at the end of the day, I'm going to love you. Because he loves me. And he loves you unconditionally. Conditionally, And the light of that love liberates us and allows us to see people in the light of his love. In that little cave segment in the movie, as Max sits on the throne of judgment and he's judging people as he sees these clips, he sees a clip of a man beating a child. And Matt grew up in an abusive home where his father beat and abused him. And he sees this clip of a man beating a child. And the angel says, should that man be judged? And he said, yes, he should be judged for beating and abusing that child. He says, well, what about the boy? Should he be judged? He said, no, he's just a child. And the angel says, that child is your dad. Because hurt people hurt people. And Mac would have never judged a child being abused, but he was quick to judge a man that abused him when he was a child. And all of a sudden, the light of love lets me see people, not as I see them for who they are today, but I see them for who God has called them to be. And it changes everything. Look with me, our last scripture this morning, Romans chapter 14. The Bible says this, but why do you judge your brother? And why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ as it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Each of us shall give an account Not of our neighbor, not of our spouse, not of our kids, but of ourselves to God. There is a day of judgment. There is a day of accountability when we will all stand before God and give an account of ourselves to the Lord. And we're not going to have to answer for how so-and-so treated us. But we are going to have to answer for how we responded to how they treated us. Because my response is my responsibility. Look at verse 13. He says, Therefore let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. The realization is that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're here today, if you're watching online, we are brothers and sisters. We are all the children of the Most High God. 
And when our kids were little, we used to, we'd go off, and they were a little older, Jessica and Samantha were a little bit older, and, and we'd leave them in charge, you know, in the house. And we'd go off, maybe come to a, a ministry meeting, we might go on a date night, and we'd come home, and it was amazing how the kids are wonderful tattletales. And not only did they want to tell us what their brother or sister did, they wanted to execute judgment on them. They should be grounded. They should get a whooping. You should take their phone away. They shouldn't get to play their game anymore. Because they did this to me. And so we implemented this little thing in our house. We used to tell our kids, you got one job as a sibling. You remember this, Samantha? To love them. Your job is not to judge your siblings. Your job is to love your siblings. That's your job. We're the parents. We'll pass down the punishment. We'll execute the judgment. We'll do those things in our home that need to be done. You got one job, and that's to love your brothers and sisters. And let me tell you some good news today. We got a Father in heaven, and he will execute judgment. But our job is not to judge one another. Our job is to love one another. Amen. And loving each other doesn't mean there's no standard and there's no moral code and we abandon the Word of God. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, love means I confront you in your sin. Love means I challenge you in your sin. Love means I call you up to be the person God has called you to be. Isn't that what God does with you? He doesn't overlook your sin. He doesn't bypass your sin. He forgives your sin, but He confronts the issues in your life that are keeping you from being the person He's called you to be, and then He calls you up. Let's come up higher. But when we judge people, we condemn them, and we declare them unredeemable. And we set them outside of the love of God that is available to whosoever will can come. So today, we get to be liberated by the light of His love. We get to see ourselves redeemed and righteous through the blood of the Lamb. And we get to see others as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we get to walk in the light of that love. And call each other up. Let's come up higher. Amen. Yes, amen. So let's bow our heads today. This morning I want to challenge you with two questions. Number one, are you stuck? Are you stuck in the pain of your past? Is there something in your past that you're still holding on to? that is keeping you from living the life God is calling you to today. Have you made yourself a judge? Have you seated yourself on God's throne, taken His place? Because today's a good day just to say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for making myself a judge. And Lord, I thank you that you are a just, righteous judge and that one day we will stand before you. And because of Jesus, we will not be condemned. We will be received. And if there's bitterness or resentment or anger or hurt in your heart toward another person, today would be a good day to stop drinking the poison. And say, God, I choose to forgive. 
I don't forgive people because they deserve to be forgiven. We don't deserve it. I forgive people because God forgave me. So maybe right now you just need to forgive somebody. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice that we make by faith. It's an act of faith. God, I choose today to forgive. I want to stop drinking the poison of bitterness and resentment. And I want to begin to live my life today in the light of your love, God. The light of your love. So right now, just do business with God. If you're watching online this morning, I want to just encourage you. Take this moment. It's holy. The Spirit of God is right there. Whether you're in the room or whether you're in your bedroom. And he's saying, stop drinking the poison today. Stop beating the gavel of judgment on the lives of other people. And today, receive the light of God's love. So Lord, today, that's what we do. The last thing I want to do this morning is maybe you're here this morning and maybe you're watching online and you realize, you know what, Pastor Keith, I've never received God's love. I've never accepted the love of God and the forgiveness of sins that comes through Jesus. And maybe you realize this morning that even though your sins have been forgiven, you still have to accept the sacrifice that Jesus made And you say, today's my day, Pastor Keith. I believe. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again on the third day. And I believe today that by faith he can be my Lord and my Savior. I want to give him my life and I want to receive that gift of his love. If that's you in the room or in person, I just want you to raise your hand right now. I want to accept Jesus today. I want to receive the love of God into my heart the first time Jesus called it being born again it's an opportunity to start over that the the weight of your past would be gone and the light of God's love would begin to be the future and the hope that you hold on to if you're watching online just hit that hand emoji or type in that chat box I'm raising my hand because we want to pray with you this morning I've never accepted Christ and Pastor Keith I don't know this love that you've been talking about today but today I want to know it I want to receive Jesus We're going to pray a prayer together. I'm going to ask everybody in the room to say it with me. If you're watching online and you're raising your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with us. Let's say it out loud together, all of us together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus was born and died to pay the penalty for my sin. I confess that I'm a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I believe Jesus rose again on the third day that I might be forgiven and free. So I ask you to come into my heart and my life. Become my Lord and my Savior. I receive your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Welcome to the family today. If you prayed that prayer, we're so glad to have you. We love you, and we're thankful that you're here. If you are new to Liberty and this is your first time, please grab a gift bag on your way out of the sanctuary this morning, a little token of our love to you. Have a blessed day. Merry Christmas, and we will see you next Sunday.